Welcome to the Get Your Health Together podcast, your go-to source for optimizing your metabolism, hormones, and results, plus a little tough love along the way. I'm your host, Lexi Swearingen, a holistic online health and fitness coach for women who want to understand the why behind their transformation while also living in the moment. I'm here to bridge the gap between macros and mindful eating, and have helped hundreds of women achieve their physique goals while also prioritizing optimal health. Now it's your turn. It's time to get your health together. Hello, you guys. Welcome, welcome back to the Get Your Health Together podcast. I'm your host, Lexi. And as always, I'm so excited to have you here. Um, Just being honest, I'm feeling a little bit down in the dumps today. So I'm going to try and keep it, you know, high energy, spunky. But I feel like I'm also giving a little bit of like, I don't give a fuck energy. So sassy Lexi might be coming out in this episode. Prepare yourselves. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm just going to kick it off on that note with our weekly reflections. I'm going to dive right into kind of like mindful moment of the week. And something I've been thinking about so much lately is as a coach and like as a business owner and as someone who's like in the service industry, right? I am literally my clients, like I'm pouring my energy into them. I'm like listening to their struggles. And honestly, I love my job. Like I love, love, love it, but it is hard. Like, I don't know how therapists do it and stuff like that. Like you sit there and you listen to people kind of like dump their stress on you, um, dump their frustration on you, dump their like struggles on you all day. And I mean, you get all of it, right? Excuses, victim mentality, actual hard shit that people go through, like all of it. And with that in mind, I've just been thinking a lot about like, who is like my soulmate client? Like, who do I really like feel super duper passionate about working with? And ultimately, I feel passionate about like helping all women. I, I want to help people learn more and I want to help people achieve their goals and like get healthy. Like that applies to anyone and, and anything. But like I really want to not have to convince you to give a fuck about your own health. Like I don't want to do check-in after check-in week after week and like beg you to do the same things because it's your body. It's your life. Why do I care more? And that goes for getting people to sign up for coaching too. Like I don't want to work with people where I have to convince you why coaching is so great and like why you should sign up with me. And yes, of course, everyone deserves to have questions and like all of that before they invest in themselves. That's why I do, you know, discovery calls and stuff like that, consult calls, whatever. But I want women who it's such a no brainer to invest a few hundred dollars a month into their health because like it's something they care about. I don't want to be like, well, you're going to brunch every weekend and that that brunch, that single brunch cost you a hundred dollars. And then you had to Uber home because you were so drunk and that cost you $20. And like, that's X amount of what your coaching would cost. Like, I don't want to have to do that. I want to work with women that would naturally invest their money in their health and into coaching because that's what they prioritize more. You know, like for me, I can't, I pay my coach over $500 a month. I am a health coach. I don't even fucking need a health coach. Everything that she tells me to do, 
I already know that. (laughs) I could technically do it myself. But I value coaching as a profession, as like an addition to my life. Like I value it so much. She didn't need to sell me on her service. I said, hey, I want to work with you. Um, I, I think like we have a lot in common. I'd really like to work with you. Like, what are your prices? Like, take my fucking money, you know? And because I value coaching, like I value it. Yes, there's a billion other things I could spend $600 a month on, right? But like, I value it so much. It's just a no brainer. And I want to work with women that care about their health that much because that is just going to make my work more potent. Like it's going to make my work more powerful because for me, like my job, what I freaking love is just like nerding out. And I think you guys know this from my content too, is like, I love like going through the phases and like looking at someone's macros and help them go through these intentional periodizations to reach their like best physique and feel super confident and like look at the data and feel super empowered. Like that gives me life. And that's what changed my life. And like, that is what I want to give to other women is that. And when people come to me who genuinely prioritize their health, they're ready to use me as that. I'm your objective set of eyes. I'm giving you the strategy. I'm giving you the plan. Like, it's fun. And they aren't like, I need you to tell me to like go to the gym. You know, like I'm not a babysitter. I'm a coach. I'm smart. (laughs) No, like, like, sorry, I am. I have all this knowledge and education and like, I want to use it on women that like want it. And yeah, that's just like this little, I guess, aha moment I had this week was like, damn, I'm so sick of begging women to give a shit about themselves and caring about people I hardly even know more than they care about themselves. Because I really do. Like, I get off consult calls with people if they're like, eh, you know, like, I don't want to sign up for coaching. Even though I'm like, I feel 150% sure I can help you. Like, let's do it. And they're like, eh, no, I don't have the money. And then I, like, see on their story that they're, like, going out to eat five times a week or, like, going to a concert. And I'm like, you easily have the money, you know, it's just not a priority. And, and then I'm like losing sleep over it and like, I just want to help them so bad. And I'm done with that. I'm going to try to be done with that. I can't not care, but I hope you know what I mean. And like, if you relate to that and you're like, hell yeah, like I'm ready. Like I want to see the changes. I'm your girl, you know, like I'm excited. So a little bit of a shameless plug, but I hope that that also like helps all of you rise a little bit. And if you are giving excuses or like you're making them in your own life or whatever, like you're better than that, you know, care about yourself more than someone else does. Anyways, I'm going to jump right off of that into something totally different and extremely personal and vulnerable, but I think it's a really important story to kind of kick this episode off with, um, Because I know that sometimes people feel like when looking at me or like looking at what I, you know, just pictures of me, what I post on the internet, whatever, it's like you haven't been where I am. Um, Like someone could follow me on Instagram tomorrow and just see this girl who's, you know, prepping all her food and like is super confident in her body and all of that and think, oh my gosh, she does not get where I'm coming from. And honestly, like 
we all have different stories. So maybe I haven't been exactly where you have been, right? But I have been insecure and uncomfortable in my skin. Um, I have done restrictive eating behaviors. I have done binge eating behaviors. I have been 40 pounds less than I am now, and I've been 50 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, I've been, you know, deeply insecure and uncomfortable. I didn't grow up easily staying lean or like with a body I was confident in, even when I was like seven years old, like in my gymnastics. Like I was never naturally little skinny, mini lean bean elementary schooler. I always had like a little tummy. Um, so I always was thinking about my body and I want to tell you a story, which, um, again, super vulnerable, especially because I know that some people listening to this might kind of know this story, uh, but I want to share it. So let's, let's dive in. I used to be I'm going to talk about, this is like my college era, by the way. So this is when I was the most overweight I've ever been. I was like a hundred and almost 190 pounds when I graduated college. Um, I like really struggled with kind of relationship with food and just overeating. And I was drinking a lot at that time. And then I was drunky and like, just, you know, I'm going to start over today. This is the week I'm eating clean. Like it was very much like yo-yoing, but also binging, like a binge restrict cycle. Um, So I was not confident in my body at that time. And keep in mind, I'm graduating with an exercise science major. Like I'm the friend who's like always in the gym. I'm the friend who's like prepping food or making a protein shake or like, oh no, I'm not going to eat when we're all out for pizza. Like I'll eat at home. Like I was that friend, but I was super embarrassed because I didn't look like it. Like I didn't look like it at all. I was the most overweight, you know? Um... And I'm going to be honest, at the end of college, one of my roommates, I lived in a house with um, five girls. I lived with them for two years and one of them was very angry at me. I'm going to, I'll spill the tea about why, why not? Um, Basically, our house was like disgusting. Like we threw so many parties. We were crazy. Everyone would always come there. We like ruined our house. Um, And our landlord was psycho. So basically we graduated. My roommates had all moved out besides one and left our like nasty couch in the living room. It it was literally disgusting. No one wanted this couch. Um, Our landlord, like I said, crazy. I didn't want to get charged by our like crazy landlord for not fully cleaning out the house. And even jokingly, we, we had like said, oh, we should just burn our couch. I was moving from Fort Worth. I went to TCU for college to Dallas. You know, I had no money. My parents weren't there to help me move. A lot of my roommates' parents were there to help them move. And I was literally running like a, um, like a small business out of my bedroom, like selling everything I owned on Facebook marketplace to try to make money. So I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm putting the couch up on Facebook marketplace and I'm going to sell that too. I don't even think I made $200. I think I made like 180 or like $200. Like I made something around that. It was not a lot of money. I used it to like buy my U-Haul truck to like literally move my stuff. Um, my roommates were so mad at me. Like they were so mad at me, so pissed at me. They wanted to split the money and make like $40 a person, $35 a person. I don't even know. They were pissed. Um, and I was like, 
a little bitch about it too kind of I was like no I already spent the money like I don't have money to give you all $40 like you know we weren't gonna do anything with the couch we're just gonna leave it there like I don't get the point so super petty but whatever the girl drama really isn't the point here I just think it's important to you know have a little background story let's spice this podcast up um the point is that one of my roommates of two years friends for you know even longer someone that I like lived with trusted had lots of memories with like spent a ton of time with obviously we lived in a house together she um was really mad and she posted something and I wish I could remember the exact verbiage but she called me a quote wide load on social media it was horrifying like she called me fat online in front of like everyone um horrifying And I always felt like I had this feeling about myself, like not looking the part, right? I talk about this on Instagram, but like not looking the part of this like, quote, fitness girl that I was. And that just like confirmed it to me. Like it was like a stab, like, you know, when you get, um, you like read a text from someone or like you accidentally send a text that you didn't mean to or just like I don't know that that feeling when your stomach just like drops and you're just like oh my gosh I'm like shaking my heart is beating um that is how it felt like terribly and I feel like I always would tell myself even no one else is judging you as hard as like you're judging yourself right like you're harder on yourself than anyone else nobody's thinking these things about you like you look at your body with such a critical eye And I still think that's true, like, in most cases. Like, no one cares as much as you care about your own body. No one cares as much as you care about what you're doing at the gym. Like, I do, I hold strong in that belief. I really do. But then one of your good friends, like, calls you fat online. (laughs) And it hits a little different, okay? Like, that's that's rough. Um, I've never talked to her again. (laughs) And and that's how I am. So uh, there's that. And this story, you guys, like this story isn't for sympathy. Um, This story is to share with you that like I have been there. I've been in your shoes where I'm like working out every flipping day. Um, And I've had this idea that, you know, nothing works for me. And maybe I'm just like not cut out to have the body that I want. Um... I just wasn't getting lean. I just thought I couldn't get lean. I just thought it wouldn't happen. Um, and I even had like intrusive thoughts as like an exercise science major who like I loved lifting heavy that I was like, maybe I'm getting too bulky. Like maybe I'm lifting too much. I don't know. That was not true. Um, not true at all. But the reality is like if you relate to this and you feel that way. You feel like, oh my gosh, I'm working it all the time. I'm doing these, maybe you're doing classes like multiple times a week or you're going to the gym or whatever it might be. If you relate to that, you're probably missing the intention with your training efforts. So I want to talk through the mistakes that you're making. Um, the reason you're constantly working out, but don't look like you lift. You don't have that fit look that you want. You don't look lean. You don't look toned. You don't look fit. Um, and how to like optimize those training efforts. I don't want you to have, I see the TikToks. I see the Instagrams that are like, you know, or the memes that are like body type is loves the gym, but like can't turn down a slice of pizza or like 
the the joking TikToks that are like work my ass off for like it's sad how much I work my ass off for like such a mid body like those types of things and that's 100% how I felt like kind of poking fun at myself or like oh well this is not cut out for it like yeah I look like I can't turn down a cookie like it doesn't have to be like that um you can 100% put in the work and just optimize what you're doing and and see the results and I'll say too for a lot of people it's like you're already spending the time in the gym you're already and I say this about everything but it's like you're always you're already spending the time in the gym you're already spending the time trying to eat healthy why wouldn't you just keep doing that but like do what you need to do to do it right. Like apply the actual strategy to it. Get some freaking help, you know? Um, and when I talk about this, when I talk about optimizing your training efforts, I mean that your training should be optimal for building muscle because that's what's actually going to create progress in your physique. That's what's going to create the shape of your body. That Building muscle isn't going to necessarily make you lose fat, but it's going to make you capable of losing fat. It's going to make you capable of maintaining that fat loss and holding on to that lean body you create. And it's going to determine, you know, what's actually under there. Because I worked out for years and even if I lost like a little bit of weight, I didn't really look any different because I didn't have anything underneath that body fat to like show for it. You know what I mean? So anyways, we're talking about building muscle today. Even if you're a skeptic, like (laughs) you need to build muscle. I promise you don't have a lot of muscle. You think you do. I used to think I did. I used to think I had so much muscle. I was like, oh my God, I'm jacked. I'm huge. And now like you guys see me, I'm not jacked. I'm not huge. Like I still have a lot more to build. And I promise you're the same. It's hard to build muscle, like especially for women. We don't we don't have like the testosterone and all the things to like build that much muscle. Um, and a lot of what I'm going to say is probably going to feel targeted at workouts that you like love, you know, um, all your little classes and your running and whatever it might be. And I'm not stating that you can't love these things. You can't. And I'll talk about that. But like, what do you want more to put it, you know, to put it bluntly? What do you freaking want more? You're willing to not reach your goals to keep working out the way that you want, which is fine. Like if that's what you want to do, if you're like, I want to go to sculpt class and like hop my little booty around a hot studio for an hour. Great. Do that. Have fun. Stop complaining about not hitting your physique goals. Like, I don't know what else to say. You want the answer? I'm giving you the answer. Stop looking for a different answer that you like more. Okay. Um, so I don't even know how many points I have, maybe like five. Uh, but I'm going to jump into them, how to optimize your training and actually look like you lift. Number one, you're a group fitness girly. I'm coming right for you. Um, and, and I want to talk about like marketing trends here, first of all, and just what we see. It's like, oh, when I did Pilates, like you know, long lean muscles or I built lean muscle. No, you didn't. Muscle is muscle. It's not lean muscle. Muscle is lean by nature. There is fat free mass in your body. That's muscle. It is lean tissue. And there is fat mass in your body. That is adipose tissue, body fat. And then you have bones and stuff. You're not building lean muscle. 
You're not building toned muscle. Like, no, none of that. Um, and then there's like shreds, shred, tone, sculpt, that type of stuff. No specific type of exercise is going to like shred, tone, sculpt. To tone your body, you need to, number one, have muscle to show, to look defined in the first place. And you need to lose enough fat that you, um, that that muscle is showing. So if a class is calling itself shred or tone, that does not apply to the entire population because maybe if Sally Sue has never worked out a fucking day in her life and she walks into shred class, maybe lifting those 10 pound weights in like that group exercise fashion, maybe that is going to help her build muscle at first. Maybe it is. Um, and maybe she will look more toned. Or maybe you have, you know, Molly May over here who she has muscle. She doesn't do any cardio. She doesn't walk much, like nothing of that sort. So she goes to shred tone sculpt <laughs> and they're hopping, hippity hopping around the studio, you know, running, whatever. Okay, that's more cardio than she's ever done. So maybe that puts her in a calorie deficit and she does lose a little body fat and expose some of the muscle that she has. So maybe that class shreds or tones Molly Mae or Sally Sue, but maybe it's not going to shred or tone you because the what you're doing in there isn't enough to build muscle compared to what you've been doing or you've been doing it for so damn long that it's not any longer progressive overload. And maybe you are already doing cardio. Like that isn't actually putting you into a deficit. You know what I mean? Um, and we'll talk more about this type of stuff too, but I'll also say some people do these classes and just like get inflamed. Like they can't recover from it. It's just too much. So anyways, I kind of want to dive into a couple other like pieces that apply to these group exercise. A lot of the things I'm going to say today apply to group exercise classes, to be honest, and just like that overall format. But I hope that kind of, you know, clears up the marketing thing because I've seen it all. It's like tone, sculpt, shred, long lean, this, that, the other thing. And then, of course, you get the people that it does work for, like the few people who, like I just said, there are situations if your body is in the right circumstance where, hey, maybe you do get a positive result for X amount of time. So you get so-and-so popping on TikTok and being like, oh my gosh, I did this workout and it totally transformed my muscles and this and that. And it's like, oh no, uh, people like me, I'm like, okay, we're taking one step forward and three steps back with these like influencers. Um, anyways, I'm on a tangent. Why don't these work? Okay. You're always switching it up. There's no intention here. Um, to actually, like I said, our goal is to build muscle to actually build muscle, you need progressive overload. So like to build muscle, you need to be putting mechanical tension on your muscle and doing that requires, you know, progressively more over time. We're overloading that over time. We do this by adding volume. So like sets or reps or load, um, we're giving our muscle, you know, just more stimulus. You can also do it by improving, uh, range of motion. So if you're someone who's like not getting a lot of depth in your squat or like your form isn't great, you're not activating the right muscles, improving your range of motion, getting better form, executing your exercises better, 
can give you some progressive overload, just like more fatigue to that muscle. Same thing with time under tension. So like utilizing eccentrics or if you're just flying through your movements, just like slowing down and and lifting more intentionally. Um, You're not doing that. To, To do that progressive overload, you need to do the same thing over and over again. Like if I'm doing an RDL every single week, I am maybe one week I RDL 95 pounds for three sets of eight. And then maybe the next week I get that 95 pounds and I get two sets of eight, but then I get one set of 10. That's progressive overload. And then maybe week three, I get, you know, two sets of 10 and a set of nine. Woohoo. And then maybe week four, I get, you know, three sets of 10 or two sets of 10 and one set of 11. And that is kind of a sign to me, okay, now I can start bumping the weight up. That is how progressive overload works, okay, on a very basic sense. You can't do that when you're in group exercise because you're doing different shit every single day. You don't know if you're getting better. You don't know if you're doing more. You know, what if you were like trying to learn, um, trying to learn a skill and you're trying to learn a new sport, you're trying to learn baseball or something, and every day they give you like, One day you go and you get a baseball bat and then the next day you get like a tennis racket and then the next day, you know, it's just like, what? How would you know if you're getting better? Or if you're playing piano, you're trying to learn a song, but then every day they have you play a different song. How would you know you're getting better? Exactly. Um, and with these classes, again, I'm like, I know I'm, I, I'm not shitting on them because my friend Olivia, always says she's a movement advocate and I love that and I'm a movement advocate too like if you are someone who's not exercising by all means you know go to do whatever makes you happy do whatever gets you consistent do whatever is something that you're going to stick to because exercise is ultimately the most important um but I'm talking to women who are already working out all the time and they're frustrated that they don't look the way they want. That is who this is for. Um, so if you're in that group of people, sure, do your group exercise. Think of it as a fun activity that you want to do, like going to the movies with your boyfriend or like, I don't even know, you know, going to get a coffee. Like it's a fun activity that you want to do. It's not something that's moving you towards your goals. So maybe you're following a progressive overload based program four days a week. And then um, maybe on day five that you want to exercise, you are hitting up that Pilates or like you are doing a F45 class, like just for fun. And that's fine. Like I'm for that, you know, um, spoiler alert, I'm relaunching my membership. It's going to be better than ever. It's going to have a community. I'm like really pumped about it. But I have a four-day split in there, which for me, I love training four days a week. That's perfect. And I always put kind of like a fun workout in as a fifth day because I know that people like that. And like, I do think there is wiggle room, right? But um, you could, I also always say like the fifth day is a good day. Like if you want to work out five days to do something that you just think is fun, I'm fine with that. Um, Okay. My goal, like I say this with everything. I say this about alcohol. I say this about macros. I say this about every freaking thing. You're an adult. You get to make your choices. My cho- my job as a coach, as an educator, is to make you aware of how your choices are impacting your ability to get results. I'm hopefully easing frustration, right? I'm helping you understand. Well, if I want to do it this way, 
this is what I can expect, whether that be positive or negative. Um, I hope that makes sense. Another one that goes along with group X is lacking intensity. You're lifting the same, and this can go in any setting, but like a lot with group exercise, like it's inevitable. You're lacking intensity. You're still lifting the same 15 pound dumbbells that you, you know, bought to work out from home during the pandemic and you're doing classes on your TV or like whatever it might be. And you're like, Lexi, I'm not lacking intensity. I'm like sweating my ass off. I'm so exhausted. I can hardly breathe at the end. You're lacking intensity on that mechanical tension on your muscle. Okay. If we need you to be growing glute muscles and you're squatting, but you're squatting like low weight and you're running sprints between, you're not fatiguing your muscle. You're fatiguing your like aerobic system. Um, it's different. It's completely different. And again, this isn't even saying there isn't a place for lighter weights, but regardless of the weights that you're using, your sets should come close to failure, you guys. Like by the end of your set, your rep should be a lot slower. If you're doing a set of 10 and rep 10 looks the same as rep two, we have a problem. You're not lifting even close to the intensity that you need. You shouldn't just be showing up and going through the motions with your training and specifically your lifting. Um, and I, I, I know there's this argument of like, you shouldn't train to failure every single set, which is true. That's totally true. You shouldn't be training to the point where you physically can't lift another rep for every single set of every single exercise. Maybe the let you take your final set to failure. Um, but you should still be lifting in pretty much all of your sets, RPE like seven, seven to 10. So if 10 is failure, a seven or an eight would be having two to three reps left in the tank. And when I see you guys train, I'm like, you could do 10 more reps. And I encourage you to try that. Um, I encourage you to try that. Like go on a safe exercise. So like a leg extension machine at the gym and literally do leg extensions until you physically cannot move the weight. I guarantee you, if I say you're going to do 10 leg extensions and you set the weight, I bet you $100 you'll get at least 16. Like, I'm not kidding. And that means, oh, I'm not lifting hard enough. Um, a lot of people stop when it starts to hurt. They're like, oh, I'm getting there. No, it could start to hurt and you could still have 10 plus reps left in the tank. Um, challenge yourself. Go until you literally can't go anymore on an exercise where you can't injure your body. Please, God, don't do that on like a back squat or deadlift, but like a safe, stable machine. Heck yeah. Um, and test yourself, like find out what does that really look like? Um, okay. Another thing here with lacking intensity is like potentially poor exercise selection, this could be in any program, not just group exercise, but like, are there limiting factors aside from the muscle that you want to grow? So like a back squat, for instance, which I program back squats because I typically program for like strength and hypertrophy. I want you getting stronger and I want you growing muscle. Um, if you wanted to talk like pure optimization, back squats probably wouldn't be it because technically like your core is going to be a limiting factor there. And just having a barbell on your back, that's a lot of like central nervous system fatigue. So you might just 
not be able to keep squatting such a heavy load before your actual quads or glutes or whatever reach that like maximum failure. Like there's other factors knocking you out of the game first. This also goes for like if you're doing RDLs um, and you have more reps in the tank, but like your grip strength is failing. So I'll see like grip strength or core kind of burning out first. And that's why sometimes you see people using like a Smith machine for lunges instead of a barbell because they're stabilized there. It's not requiring as much core and you can really dial in on like the glutes. Um, my clients, like if you're in my membership, you know, I program a lot of like Smith machine lunges. I love them for that reason. Um, and that's why you see people using grips, uh, like Versa grips for RDLs, for lat pull downs, because they help make sure you're actually exhausting that muscle and not, uh, just losing it, failing for another reason. Um, junk volume. Holy shit. I see this all the time with like influencers are like, follow me on my leg day. And it's like 10 exercises, like five supersets. No, if you're doing more than like six exercises in a session, especially on a leg day, holy crap, you're probably not training hard enough. You're just not like I do three exercises on a leg day and I'm like, holy shit, I want to go home. Like I'm hurting. Like I would say like four to five exercises on a lower body day is plenty. And then for upper, like probably around six, depending on what you're doing. Um, Like my upper body day that I do has like five exercises and I feel like torched after that. I go home and I'm like dying. Um, So you're not training hard enough if you're able to do like 10 or if you're finishing your. And you know what? This is taking me to my next point. If you're finishing your workout and you're like, oh my God, that was so easy. That's your fault. That's literally your fault. Um, And this is probably a controversial opinion. I don't really know. And I know a lot of trainers maybe don't agree or like they get off on doing it the other way, especially ones who like coach classes and stuff. It's not my job to make your workout hard. It's not my job to make your workout hard. I could easily give you something that would be inevitably hard, right? I could say, all right, we're doing 12 back squats and then you're going to go do lunges, walking lunges to failure. And then you're going to do a sled push and then you're going to do five burpees and then you're going to rest 60 seconds and you're going to do it all again. Like it wouldn't matter if you were squatting 10 pounds or 200, that would be hard, right? Like you'd be dying. You'd be dying if I was like, okay, you're going to squat and then you're immediately going to go lunge and then you're going to go push a sled and then you're going to do a cardiovascular thing. And then you're going to get a minute of rest and that's it. You'd be toast. Um, and that would be like me as a trainer. I'm writing you a program that's inevitably hard. That's a shit program. That's not doing anything for you. Okay. If I give you an actual good program, it would be super easy if you want to make it that way. Like if I said, okay, here's your program. You're going to do, um, you're going to go on the hack squat machine. You're going to do hack squat for quads. Then we're going to put you in an an RDL and then you're going to hit a leg extension and then you're going to hit a seated leg curl. That's like a pretty freaking hard, like quad and hamstring workout. It's four exercises. That's it. And I'm, and I was like, okay, you're going to rest 90 seconds to 120 seconds between every set. You'd be like, this is so easy. 
you could easily make that the easiest workout you've ever done in your life if you wanted to and then leave the gym and be like this is so lame like I'm quitting this program I need to find a better program that's going to challenge me I'm sorry that's your job it is your job to challenge yourself and be productive with your training it is my job as a trainer to give you smart periodized well allocated and intentional volume of training and pick good exercises that's my job not to just beat you to shit and again I think some trainers you know like love it and a lot of trainees are confused about this and will be like oh my god my trainer rocks like I was dying after that workout like my trainer totally kicked my ass you know they post the pictures of their apple watches or like dripping sweat like oh my god craziest leg day ever I don't subscribe to that. Um, And I've definitely had people, you know, quit my programming before and be like, yeah, this just like, it's not really challenging me or like, yeah, I just need something a little more, you know what I mean? You guys know what I mean. Um, That's not, that's not me. I'm not going to put you through shitty programming just to make you sweat and just to make you feel like I'm such a good trainer because that is out of integrity for me. And that would make me a bad trainer. (laughs) Okay. Um, glad we're clear on that. Um, and I hope like, like I said, I'm relaunching my membership, which again, I'm pumped about. I'm super freaking excited. Um, I'm taking it to a new platform. So if you're listening to this and you're already in it, I'm taking it to a new platform, which I think is going to be great. And I'm starting like a community where I'm going to focus on like more education and all the things. So I'm pumped, but, um, you will not expect out of my training to just be like drenched in sweat by the end and like all these things like no you're not going to get that instant gratification it's a good training program and you know what that's not to say I think there can be a blend that's not to say that sometimes I don't add like a fun finisher or um I do do like more of like a fun full body something on like one day a week I think there can be a mix but overall like I'm giving you a good training program. Um, and that takes me into the next one. Like if you are obsessed with like the calorie burn, the getting your heart rate up, the sweating, and just like feeling like it's a good workout and using those things to determine whether or not it's a good workout, you're not probably actually working hard enough in your sets to be successful. Like you're so, for instance, if I was going to do like you know, walking lunges, then RDLs. Like if I'm like try setting things or if I'm doing squats and I'm supersetting it with squat jumps. Um, and you know what? There might be a time or place. Like, have you guys heard of like French contrast training? Probably not, but that's where you superset like a strength and a power exercise. And I think again, time and place. But if every time you are doing squats, you're just supersetting it with like squat jumps just so that you can like work up a sweat and like get your heart rate up and feel out of breath, then you're going back to your squat and you're probably not able to give maximal effort on that squat because you just did a bunch of squat jumps. So you're like shorting yourself on the progress that you could make just for the sake of like breathing heavy. And that's preventing you from getting results. Um, Same thing goes if you're just not resting. And that's the other thing with a lot of these classes is like you aren't you aren't actually fully recovering between sets enough to like put your full effort into your next set. If you're always just like 
resting for 30 seconds, then going right back. And again, there's a time and place for like incomplete rest. So maybe if I said, okay, set one, I want you to be like two reps shy of failure. And then by set four, I want you to be hitting that failure. And I specifically chose a rest time, like 60 seconds that wouldn't let you like fully recover. You wouldn't have to like increase your load because by set four, you'd probably be like hitting that failure because you'd be more tired than you were in set one. And maybe that's me designing a set intentionally. But maybe I'm saying, okay, I want you to rest for two minutes or like 150 seconds. And then I'm saying the same thing, RPE 8 on the first set and RPE 10 on the last set. So now, since you are getting complete rest, you probably are going to increase the load to hit that higher intensity by the final set. And now you guys are probably like, Lexi, please back back on topic. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going down rabbit holes. I'm sorry. Um, but anyways, being obsessed with just burning the calories and getting your heart rate up, that is not a good workout for what we want, which is hypertrophy of muscle probably. Um, it's not creating any tissue growth, which is then not creating any change in your physique. And then we can also talk about like just full-blown cardio bunny. And you think that you're going to get leaner by like doing more, burning more calories, doing more cardio. And I used to do this too. I was like, oh my gosh, cardio after every single workout. Like I just, and I, again, this goes back to me thinking, I thought I'm so bulky. I need to lose fat. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. And I completely ignored the idea that I had to build muscle underneath there. Um, so I was just so focused on, I need to lose fat. I need to lose fat. I need to lose fat. I need to burn more, burn more, burn more, do so much cardio. And my physique wasn't tra- wasn't changing. Um, and these things like, whether it be the classes, whether it be the cardio, they might change your physique at the beginning. Because if you're not doing any cardio and then you say, I'm going to go to Orange Theory three times a week and you're eating the same, okay, well, you just increased your energy expenditure. So you probably will lose some body fat at the beginning. All right. That's not shocking. Um, But you're going to hit a plateau, because you're going to keep doing those three orange theory classes and that's going to become kind of like your new maintenance. Your body's like, okay, cool. I do orange theory three times a week. That's my new norm, right? That's just your new norm. It's going to stop being um, something that's putting you into a deficit because you're just adapting to it. Same as how we use cardio as a fat loss tool. I talk about this all the time, but it's like if you're eating 1,800 calories and you're walking 8K steps a day and you're doing no cardio and you hit a plateau in fat loss, we could say, all right, let's bump you to 1,600 calories or let's bump you to 10K steps a day or let's just add two 20-minute cardio sessions. Like you use it as a tool to kind of keep the train going. And also, I'm not saying that having cardio in your routine all the time is a bad thing. It's just we're talking about physique here. Um, I was going to say something else about it. If you have performance goals, like if running truly is something you're passionate about or riding bike or whatever, that's 
different. And I would say you need to build your lifting schedule. Lifting is still just as important more maybe, but you need to build your lifting schedule around like your performance goal of the cardio. And I'd also say performance and physique goals don't always go hand in hand. Like you're probably not chasing a performance goal while you're also chasing fat loss. Cause if you want to perform, you want to be fueled at least to maintenance. Like you want to be optimally fueled. And if you have a physique goal of fat loss, you are intentionally putting yourself in a calorie deficit and not fueling yourself optimally. So you wouldn't be performing the best you can. Anyways, there's that. Um, last but not least, and again, I could probably come up with so many more. Like I could talk about this forever. I think you guys can tell, I'm sure. But last one I'm going to just talk about today is your recovery. So this can look a lot of different ways. And it can even go back into what I was saying about like rest periods during your sets. Like you're not recovering fully between sets. So you're not getting where you want to go. But I would say big ones here. Nutrition is obviously a factor. Like there is, and that's another thing I want you guys to understand too. In like a vacuum, there's no workout that's just like a fat loss workout. There's no workout that's just going to like cause fat loss. And I hope that I've given you enough examples to understand that. Like it goes, it's part of this full picture that we have, right? Um, anyways, it's part of this full picture. So nutrition is obviously a factor. If your nutrition isn't good, um, you're not recovering well. And here's what I see all the time with like this kind of fitness girly client avatar that was me in the past and is a lot of clients when they come to me, they're like, Lexi, I'm working out so much and um, I'm eating in a deficit and like, I don't know what the deal is. Okay. So you're doing like five workouts a week and you're doing them all on the weekdays. And you're also eating like 1200 calories on the weekdays because you're trying to eat in a deficit. So you're really underfueled for your workouts because you're trying to eat in this deficit, this huge deficit. Um, you're really underfueled for your workouts, so you're not recovering from those workouts. You're not building any muscle. Your physique isn't changing. Then on the weekend, you're eating so many calories, and you're taking yourself out of your deficit. So you're not losing fat, but also most of your calories for the week are not happening around your workouts, which is bad for a lot of reasons. <laughs> it's bad because you're really not getting the recovery you need for those workouts. It's bad because a lot of those calories aren't probably protein or like quality carbohydrates, fiber, micronutrients, things that also aid in your recovery. Um, and yeah, I hope that makes sense. And it's bad because like you're not you're not getting progress because you're pulling yourself out of the deficit. So that is a huge thing I see a lot of, um, what was I going to say this? And that's the idea of being kind of like overfed, but underfueled. If you ask me, um, no rest days. So that's another one. I, and I used to do this too. Just like every freaking day I felt like I needed to work out your, your body changes in the recovery. So like when you're at the gym, when you're doing this progressive overload, you're tearing your muscle fibers, you're breaking them down for you to actually grow muscle tissue and change your physique. Those muscle fibers need to be repaired. That comes from rest, recovery, you know, sleep, food, protein, all these things, carbs. Um, 
So if you're not taking rest days and all you're doing is like breaking down, breaking down, breaking down, breaking down, you can't recover from that. You're not actually going to see your physique improve. Training fasted, same type of thing. Um, same type of thing. Junk volume. Again, just doing a shit ton of exercises, as many sets as you can. And I see this happen a lot too. It's like you go to do a leg day or you go to do a glute day and you're just doing like every glute exercise you can think of. <laughs> and I know it's hard when you're like, I want to do all of it. No, you got to wait. You can't do all of it on one day. Um, you can't recover from that, especially when you're not on point with nutrition. And then all the cardio, like doing all of this cardio is again, impeding your recovery. It's just too big of a stressor. You're not eating well enough. It, I see it all going together, right? Cause typically what I see is people who, like I said, go to the gym, trying to eat as minimal as possible. They're going to the gym all day, every day. They're doing either tons of sets, um, tons of sets, tons of exercises. So a bunch of junk volume, not at a good intensity for growth or they're doing like classes, tons of cardio, again, not good for growth. Like it's just kind of this mix. And then most of their calories are coming in on the weekends in the form of like pizza and, and booze. And that's not contributing to them recovering. And it's also not contributing to fat loss. So they're running their wheels and they're thinking, oh my gosh, what the heck? My body's broken. I'm, I'm eating in a deficit and I'm doing so much cardio and I can't lose fat and it's metabolic adaptation or it's maybe my hormones. No, it's none of that. It's just like your lifestyle and your strategy. It ain't going to cut it. Um, and again, you know, like I kind of just said, these all come down to that overall theme of you're lacking intention, you're lacking strategy, you're just throwing shit at the wall. You're doing the work. And that's the worst part about it is you're doing the work. You're trying to eat healthy. You know what a calorie deficit is. You're trying to eat in a calorie deficit. You're trying to go to the gym. Like you're trying to strength train and you're second guessing yourself. You're like, what's going on? I'm broken. Like that was me. I was like, why is nothing working? I'm doing all the right things. No, you're not. Not in the right way. Um, and you're already spending that, you're already spending your time. You're already spending your energy. Um, you've tried to figure it out yourself, you know, just, it is time for help. Like, that's what I have to say. You're in a great place for some guidance. You know, if you're doing that, if you're going to the gym, like you have the foundations of spending the time to do those things, you're just not doing it right. Like stop wasting your time and just get help. Uh, like I said at the beginning, job of a coach, not to convince you to want to take care of yourself, but to give you the foolproof plan and strategy so that what you're doing starts working. I was just telling my husband this the other day. I was like, you know what? I think like my ideal client is the person who's like, I don't need a coach. I'm already doing all of this on my own, but like not getting results because I want someone who comes to me and is like, yeah, I already work out. Yeah, I already track my macros. And like, yeah, nothing's working. And I can be like, all right, this is why and this is what we're going to do. So if that is you, um, you know, you know where to find me. And if you're interested in just getting some good training programming, again, I'm relaunching my membership. I think by the time this episode comes out, I'll have done it and I'll just drop it in the show notes if you want to sign up. So I'm super pumped. Let me know if you have any questions. Um, I hope you liked the episode. If you did, if you learned anything, go ahead, share it. Give me a rating on Spotify, review on Apple Podcast, share with a friend, share to your social media. I literally would appreciate it endlessly. You know, I'm a little baby creator, so every little bit helps. And thank you guys for listening. I'll see you next week. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Get Your Health Together podcast. I hope you enjoyed it along with some steps and sun. If you love the episode, don't forget to share it with a friend or tag me on Instagram. And if you have a question, never hesitate to shoot me a DM. See you next time.